I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And today we are continuing our look at Stephen Chow with 1999's King of Comedy. Not to be confused with The King of Comedy from Martin Scorsese, or the original Kings of Comedy from Spike Lee. <laughs> no no Bernie Mac in this one. So. Uh, the SEO for this film is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Uh, but I'm really excited to talk about this movie today because this is something that um, I hadn't seen. And uh, it I had an idea of what it could be, and it definitely was in some parts, but it really wasn't in a lot of other ways. So, <laughs> yeah, but this was a good one. Thank you, Marty. Dude, totally. Yeah, this is... Um, I, the movie really stands apart um, among Stephen Chow's filmography, and I think in some ways it's maybe his most personal work. Um but yeah, at given what audiences would have expected at the time, this is this would have been quite a quite a shock. Uh it does contain a lot of crazy, zany, slapstick memorable sequences, but it's it's real it's also really a, like kind of a drama almost like kind of swimming a little bit in kind of like the early Wong Kar Wai like chunking express kind of feeling at times yeah um, which yeah i think was have been really unexpected but also sort of lights the way to the kinds of movies that that steven wants to make and really the kind of fusion that he's interested in as a right i was i yeah as i was watching this film and i'm knowing of a handful of his other works um and realizing where this kind of lands in his career, you can definitely get a sense that this is a uh, an artist growing and kind of it, it's it's funny to me. It's almost in a way, you know, like in a Marvel movie, you can't watch like the twenty eighth Marvel movie, you know. <laughs> and I this isn't really a direct comparison, but in a, in a way, I feel like if. This is a Stephen Chow film that you kind of have to watch with the context of the films that come before it because he's really trying to break free from some things and uh, really trying to kind of grow as an artist. And uh, we've talked a little bit about how, um, how I guess, passionate he is as a director. Yeah. And I, I can imagine that uh, just based on how this film uh, ended up i i'd imagine it was a pretty pretty strict set where he's like i'm trying to get this message out and this is what i want to do but but yeah like you said there's a lot of the the slapstick and the the kind of nonsense sprinkled in here but it's it's also interesting to me how we've covered films that uh, shift in tone drastically here and there back and forth but for some reason the way that this movie handles that is in such a different way that I really was I was I was surprised by it as I was watching it but in the end I feel like even even if some stuff might uh kind of take you in a place where you're like wait what's happening now um i think that it's 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 a pretty impactful film and there's still some really like iconic dramatic moments in this that i could see um uh people that kind of grew up with this film it it being like classic moments for them in cinema 
Yeah, and there's a lot of like pushing emotions that you're not really prepared for. And I think I could see someone chalking it up to like a lack of intention, but I mean, and I have a bias, but I've also like seen the movie probably a dozen, a dozen times. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I continue to be really, just really kind of amazed at um, how Steven's navigating all those things. In some ways, I kind of wonder if it actually plays better for kind of an uninitiated audience. Um, hmm. I watched it the second time in preparing for this uh, with my wife and it, yeah, it went over super well. Yeah, I wonder. It's kind of an open question, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I I did appreciate that it's it's definitely nowhere near as wacky as the other one, the other Stephen Chow movies we've done so far. Um, and in some of the kind of crazier stuff, kind of because the whole premise of it is that he's an actor, and some of the wackier stuff is within the context of a movie, and so it kind of it adds this extra level of like reality to it. And uh, it's it's definitely not as as over the top. Uh, and I think I am I am among the people that would say that it feels like there's not as <laughs> not as much intentionality because it it feels like there's a script that was written and then I don't know it feels like there's like a couple of pages missing and then the ending happens. Huh. So God, that's so that's how I feel at least. Yeah, hmm. I, I don't have that experience, but that's interesting. We'll get to it, but it kind of feels like there's a central thrust of the movie that gets resolved, and there's still 20 minutes left of the movie. So we'll, we'll get to it, though. I did like the movie a lot, though. I don't want you to think that I didn't like it. So. No, no, yeah. no. I want you to <laughs> everyone to. I want everyone to have their like raw opinions. But no, that's interesting. I'm excited to kind of <laughs> get into that. Yeah, I love when we get into this desperate dance when we can tell that we don't all feel the same about a film. <laughs> Yeah, because we all tend to stay real positive on things, and I mm-hmm. I think overall we we definitely enjoyed it. But um, I I think that this movie um it lands for a lot of people. I think a lot of people hold this as one of uh, Stephen Chow's best films. And um, mm-hmm. I I also like what you mentioned about um having the premise being films itself, so that that gives him an excuse to explore what we've seen before, where he has. A, a a real passion for cinema itself and he gets to explore that in this film a little bit and i mean we'll talk to the beginnings of this film right away you start to see parodies and honestly you could almost elaborate on that a, a lot more be, having the setting being you know making movies but um i think that chow still really is more concerned with his character's growth in the film and the relationships between the these main characters and i um i i feel like that's that's executed really well but i also do see what you're saying matthew about um maybe a little bit of the kind of crazy craziness that shows up but we also have to remind ourselves that this is like a this is also a chinese new year's film and you gotta have some crazy a little bit of everything sprinkled in so i could see uh that makes a lot of sense yeah that third act kind of leaning towards oh you know what let's throw this in here too but for me it's not so much that they do that but it's it's what what they choose to do (laughs) that's pretty wild but i still have a good time with it and i also really wanted to mention uh cecilia chung as uh the main uh female lead here yeah and um she is uh this is her first credited role and um she almost has a bigger range to even 
jump over than Stephen Chow in this film. Her character oh, yeah. goes through all the different emotions in the movie because her character is uh, pretty rough around the edges and uh, you kind of have to sell that. And I, I'm just really impressed with how that character's handled in the film as well. Yeah. yeah. And she's Definitely. super funny. Like she has incredible comedic timing. Yeah, yeah. Just amazing. And their chemistry is really interesting. It's like not, not, not something I've quite seen anywhere else. Yeah. It's funny. Like there, there is this really hooky premise. Um, but the, yeah, the movie isn't, really isn't what's on the tin. Like it contains that hooky premise, which is like, oh, what if we have um, kind of a bumbling Stephen Chow character um, kind of fall into mishap after mishap on like a Hong Kong film set. And so we have that, but the real thrust of the film is actually, I feel like has a lot to do with depression, trauma, um, desperation, um, being cast aside kind of class differences. And st- um, mm. so it, it, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, still to me, like really quite a, quite a shocking piece when, when put all together. And I think it's even more shocking if you consider the other film that he released in 99 <laughs> alongside his good <laughs> friend, Wong Jing, the tricky master, Uh, I watched this also just to get a little bit of context of where we're at besides Chow's own work. Um, And this is definitely, uh, I don't know, miles above what we get in Tricky Master. (laughs) Tricky Master is a film where I feel like it's, um, I mentioned this before we recorded, either a favor to Wang Jing or maybe something owed to Wang Jing or owed to whoever is... uh, pointing a little dagger in Wang Jing's side. <laughs> I'm curious how that. much how much screen time does Steven have in the movie like? Um yeah, he's he's definitely not the main lead. He's the top build, of course, but um he appears pretty substantially in the beginning of the film and the end of the film. But it's gotcha. it's really scraping the bottom of the barrel with some of the gags <laughs> they use in that movie. <laughs> in a Wang Jing movie? Yeah, no. I know. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah. Anyways, I wanted to mention that too. And the other thing that we can mention too is uh, we'll get to see a cameo at the beginning of this film, and uh, <laughs> it's almost a um, that I also would say is maybe a trading of favors because gorgeous Jackie's film that comes out right around this time has a cameo by Stephen Chow. So uh, you know, oh cool, you scratch so my back, a... I'll scratch your back, kind yeah. of deal. Yeah, Very totally. Cool. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, with all that, I think we should dive into the movie itself. But first, let's take a look at the back of the VHS. In the language of an actor, to know is synonymous with to feel. Wan Tinsao dreams of a day when the spotlight will shine on him, but for now, he acts in the shadows as an extra. When a rough around the edges hostess comes to him for acting advice, they both find out that good acting is fueled by true emotion. Caught in the roller coaster of the movie world, Wan Tinsa will have to act like his life depends on it. Stephen Chow Sing Chi delivers the drama alongside Cecilia Chung, Montat, and Karen Mock in King of Comedy. The movie starts with, I think, well, at the very, very beginnings, this kind of like, this kind of like, it feels almost abstract kind yeah, of scene totally. with, with Stephen, like, shouting at the waves saying to to work harder or or something like that which is yeah it's kind of an interesting kind of interesting 
choice. Yeah, and as you go through the movie, you kind of see this kind of endless optimism of his main character, and I think that kind of is a good introduction to that. Yeah, and, and it helps us to kind of get us almost like off balance a little bit too, which I think is is kind of important. And then we kind of get the kind of get a fake out because at first we see him behind a camera and he's like telling all these these extras in the movie that like, hey, even if you're an extra, you're still an actor and you still have to, you know, put effort into it. Uh, and then <laughs> then we find out that he is also an extra working <laughs> on the set, trying desperately to 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 get work. Yeah, there's this Aunt Ha character, and we don't really know um, uh, how how Stephen is kind of connected with her, but he's presumably kind of begged his way on set. We end up finding out later he has had s- some on-screen appearances as an extra, but is you know decidedly in the non-speaking um, category as you know a background performer. Uh, yeah, I love that fake out. It looks like we're in a zombie film and the gag is supposed to be that like, no, these aren't zombies. They're just really dull, like un- <laughs> unenergized uh, background players. Um, and I got to say, yeah, just the feeling of being on this like Hong Kong back lot is just, is just so awesome. And it's really like one of the juiciest things about the movie. And based on some of the stories that I've heard about from Hong Kong backlots, some of it feels almost not completely uh, far from the truth. Right. Like people just being like, oh, you're on this movie? Oh, we need someone. Eh, we'll pull you into the shot for the movie. Yeah. Oh, are they terrible? Nah, get out, get them out of here. Get a different person in here. Yeah, he, he's got a bit of fortune here. So they need uh, – uh, the, the director comes out and – I actually wanted to maybe ask you guys <laughs> this great. director that they've got. He, mm-hmm. it's, it's. I heard he's riffing on some weird John Woo mannerism, but like oh. turning it up to eleven. But yeah, I I, he's got these very over exaggerated motions when he's talking. It's like he's suppressing his words, and then they come out exploding. And he's like, yeah, he's very physical. But but there's a great gag because they're they're trying to kind of audition him <laughs> quick. And this sort of this is like a theme that runs through the movie, which is um, like, how do you interpret a role? And we mm-hmm. soon find out that Stephen's character is really obsessed with like the theory of acting. Like he reads yeah. Stanislavski. Um, yeah. He really reveres like the art itself. Um, so the uh, s- sort of he must be maybe he's like a line producer or something. He's like trying to just put him through his paces and he's like throwing like, like sharp turns, like, Oh, give us this emotion. And he's like painting a scene and it's like, Oh, your wife gave a baby. Oh, but she's, she's like, she died. Oh, the baby is, has a dick on his head. He's deformed. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But he won first prize. Now he's dead. Now your wife's alive again. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And then they they pull him into the set, and he's dressed as a priest, and he has questions for director about <sighs> his motivation. And I love how yeah, this so plays good. out because it kind of really builds you up towards this uh, yeah. kind of interesting thing. And then when you hit action, he just gets shot just immediately. Immediately gets <laughs> yeah. shot. Yep. And we're pulled into a, a John Woo esque yeah. scenario. It's almost reminiscent of the killer. Uh, it's very the killer. With yeah. All the candles and the church and. Uh, doves and stuff yep and our lead for this film is uh karen mock and uh she plays a character they refer to her as sister cuckoo 
and um, <laughs> that might be a joke that maybe we don't get because of a language yeah. thing but it's it's yeah. pretty great nonetheless and uh God, and Karen's this is awesome in this one. yeah she she looks really great in this action sequence actually and it's um, a very like almost like matrixy like big trench coat thing yeah, yeah the, totally. with the flying around Yep, but uh, it, feel, it feels it feels very like you can definitely feel the 1999 slip in every now and then in this in this movie. Right, right, and, and definitely the signature and the action. But um, uh, the thing that I also again I gotta say is that if you're gonna parody something, if you pay it the respect of the source material, mm-hmm. it's gonna really sell it even better. So I honestly feel like this could almost stand alone if it just got tweaked a little bit. It wouldn't be a joke. It would be a serious yeah. <laughs> action sequence from the time. So yeah. that really I mean, works. The way the way it escalates. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. Because it has. They have like the the standoff where like the two of them, the guns like right next to each other's faces, but they're empty. So they throw them down and they grab these like assault rifles and they do the same standoff thing. And then they throw them off, and then there's a rocket launcher, so they pull out. It's <laughs> yeah. just, it's so good because it's done so. It's that great Stephen Chow, like doing it completely straight thing. Yeah, totally. That, that, and there's a really so cool unique. balance in this sequence where it feels like you're kind of the point of the view of the audience seeing the finished cut, but then you also witness, like, you know, <laughs> people pulling the wires and her using the trampoline. And it's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just really well balanced. Um, but basically we have what seems like a stellar action sequence gone off without a hitch. And then in the background, out of focus, we start to see Steven's priest character lumbering <laughs> around, like trying to have like one more gasp at, at life. Um, and he's totally in the shot and he's ruined it. Perfect. Good. And then he gets replaced by another extra. Uh, and this is where we get our Jackie Chan cameo. Yeah. This is awesome. Now, did you guys know this was coming? I did not. I, I had no oh, idea. Oh, great. Oh, good. Yeah. So I was really like, whoa, hey. <laughs> and it, it's really cool because the, then then Jackie runs into to Stephen Chow and he's like, see, if you just work really hard, then then anyone can be successful. <laughs> and. Yeah, it's, it's so funny. great. It's just he... funny hearing the biggest star in the world say, <laughs> yeah. got my lucky break. And also, like, that kind of humility of, like, just playing a, you know, yeah. a stunt a stunt double or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah, Steven's character, uh, Juan Tinsa, he's asking him, like, oh, wow, where did you study or something? <laughs> you know, it's, Jackie's just a natural. Yeah, that's um, perfect. But, but, yeah, so as he's he's essentially kind of kicked off the lot and he's pleading a little bit with aunt ha, but you know, she's kind of in hot water because of his shenanigans. And as he's exiting, um, there's a table full of box lunches (laughs) and he's asking the line producer who's framed in this like awesomely dramatic kind of like silhouette. And it's of course, Uh, he's like, Oh yeah, I just need a box. Um, and he ends up just like putting his foot down. He is and he's, so, he's mean. so mean. I love how so mean. He mean. Is. And it turns out like he's fully aware of uh, what Juan Tinsao did, and you know the footage that he mm-hmm. ruined. Oh yeah, Sister Cuckoo says something about like, do you know how many tw- frames of film there are in a second? And he's like this good student. He's like twenty four frames. And she's like, so how much did you waste? Like, and yeah. Um, yeah, that yeah, actually uh, reminded me of a bit in that uh, Jackie Chan uh, biography where he was talking about um, the differences between filming in Hong Kong and filming in uh, 
the United States. And he was talking about and actually kind of reminded me of another scene later on where um, he's hanging from a wire and they needed to get like a different lens. And uh, it, this was a, a U.S. film. I can't remember if he mentioned it or which one it was but uh he said that he watched like a an assistant just casually stroll across the set grab the lens then make their way back but stop to talk to somebody else but but jackie was saying like in hong kong that guy would have gotten destroyed basically yeah but wow, because yeah. of the difference in the united states everybody just had to wait for this guy to do the one thing so they could mm-hmm. continue filming it reminded me of that story oh man and then we've got to talk about this amazing song that Umantat sings. It's called <laughs> back later. Uh, yeah. I think it's uh, someone ex- was explaining it to me years ago, but I I couldn't find good information on it. I think it's a it's some kind of reference to something, but it's basically like you're a dump of shit, like you're not worthy <laughs> yeah. of ants. Um, yeah, really, really good. And he and also I- he threw the lunch on the ground. At, um, and this dog immediately comes up and eats it. And that becomes a recurring gag. Today. Yeah. And the dog has a really weird, uh, the choice that they did for the dog's noise is really weird. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> oh, we should also like, say this is a, this is a sync sound movie as well. Um, just like Forbidden City Cup. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the composer too, it was kind of an interesting thing that I digged a little bit into, but the music is credited to Raymond Wong, but there's also a Daisuke Hinata and a man named Jonathan Platt. And I looked Ooh, into that. Good find. Yeah. And he's actually like a music supervisor that's worked on a bunch of stuff, including like the Saw films and like, what was another one? Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, but, wow. <laughs> so I don't know how much uh, Daisuke Hinata and Jonathan Platt played into the compositions, but uh, Jonathan Platt owns a record label in Japan called Hyperdisc Records, and Daisuke Hinata works for that record label. So I don't know if okay, maybe gotcha. they license some background music. Yeah, license they... some of their existing music. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Because uh, um, then Ray- th- Raymond Wong would go on to kind of continue collaborating with um steven yep. and his upcoming films yeah yeah but so i don't um one of the things i noticed it when i was watching the film is that the it there's a little de- there's like a little bit of a higher degree of scoring for what i would expect from a hong kong film in this and some of the music i think is i don't know it kind of stands on its own a little better than uh some of the other stuff that we've covered from around this time yeah i agree there's not necessarily a, a large budget for it it um on paper, it's it's similar to what we've seen, which is like more kind of one man producer um, kind of synth driven thing. Yeah, but yeah, less yeah, synth driven. But I think very yeah, much more tasteful, much more supportive of kind of the emotions of the of the scenes than than we usually get, uh, unfortunately, in this period. Yeah. Um, and then so now we get to follow uh, Wan Tinsao as he's kind of walking back to his neighborhood and God, I, I just love this um, kind of scene as he's walking back there, some ladies working on Tai Chi and there's this strange old man yeah, just like staring at the wall four inches from a brick wall, just staring at it. Yeah. And then there's, um, there's this Steve, kid like, just laying on the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we now see he's like, uh, his his actual line of work is 
is really kind of running this community center. Mm-hmm. Um, and so bit by bit, we get to kind of learn more about him as he retreats into his room. He has this wall of posters and it's like Daniel Day-Lewis and Jeremy Irons. And yeah. All these great like John Travolta is on there too. Yeah, <laughs> it's, totally. it's like, it's like a ton of act. Actually, there was Nick Cage. I remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Nick Cage oh, hey. is there. I was going to say, yeah. like, I, I, the first two that I think I noticed were Nicolas Cage and Keanu Reeves. And I was like, I don't know if those are your acting, <laughs> like, icons that you want to aspire to, but all right. Oh, no. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's very That's one of my favorite jokes in uh, Community is Abed takes a whole class that's oh, just Nick called Nicolas yeah, Cage, yeah. good or bad. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Oh, it's so great. Yeah, Danny yeah. Pudi is awesome in that episode. But it's, it's yeah. also clear, like, Juan Tintao is, he's a poor man. Um, he does not have a lot of means. And we really push it. It's, um, if you're not ready for it, it's there's a very depressing, um, mm-hmm. t- you know, tone to the film that's, like, super significant to what this movie's about. Um, yeah. He continues to try to call Aunt Ha. Uh, on how like looking for work and she's like no there's nothing he's like anything with dialogue no um anything with like one line of dialogue no dialogue it's like anything where you yeah. c- kind of can't see me and she's like i can't yeah. see you now yeah i love yeah. that anything where you can't see me well i can't see you right now the yeah. thing um, that i think is really cool though is that um i think that that kind of depressed depressive state um it you could easily fall into this kind of really sad like tone in the film, but it's kind of elevated because of his optimism and his persistence. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, his character, it, I mean, it takes a lot for him to kind of really get angry or get sad. He's just so focused on this goal that he wants that he just suffers through it all with a smile on. And I think that really helps the, the, the character a lot. Yeah, totally. So yeah, the next morning, um, we see him, uh, like painting actually really cool, like backdrop and like setting up a set for a play. And we get this sort of fake out cause he's dressed in a suit and it seems like maybe he's giving a presentation, uh, to some investors or something, uh, talking about a play that's going to be put out at the community center. And it's just the random few, yeah. like kids and old people, um, sitting there and then he goes up to this one girl. Oh, oh I love it. It's just, it's this weird mix of like nice, sad, and utterly mean. Uh, yeah, there's. I'm definitely gonna make a gif of whatever he's saying. Like, if you don't show up to play, you'll end up like this doll and snaps <laughs> the doll's head off. And she's just crying in this beautiful close up. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, one of my favorite like moments of the movie that I honestly think about and sing all the time. Uh, there's this old man who, oh yeah, wants to be in the play, and it's like. Um, uh, what's the name of the show? I the the play just... itself? Ooh, yeah. I, I, I did homework on that. Oh, good. Yeah, so he actually wants to produce a uh, stage version of one of uh, a Chinese classic called Thunderstorm. And it was written yeah, by Cao Yu. It goes back to the 30s, and it was like one of the most highest regarded uh, plays back then. And um, actually, they, there's been a couple of screen adaptions one of the notable ones, and uh, they actually bring it up later in the film, is that in the late 50s, they adapted it to screen, and it co-starred Bruce Lee in one of his uh, youthful roles. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. there's an older lady who mentions that, yeah. Right, right, right. So then, um, moving forward, Zhang Yimou adapted it 
in 2006 and that's what became curse of the golden flower so he kind of played around with it and like kind of pulled it into the tang dynasty and that um actually stars chow yun fat and yeah, if you remember awesome. gong lee's also in it and actually yeah, gong lee very interesting movie yeah um she uh she would be i mean she's one of chow's girls too she's been in a couple films with chow she was in uh flirting scholar and uh i think yeah, one of the god of gamblers cool. films so yeah. um uh, we're going to be introduced to Cecilia Chung soon. But what I can mention uh, real quickly is that um, we've seen a handful of his films already. And one of the things that you can tell is that he always has like a kind of very distinct leading lady for all these films. So there's a term almost like, I think it's called like sing girls. <laughs> these are all like actresses that have co-starred with Chow that kind of have gotten the start because of their co-starring roles with him. And uh, Cecilia Chung uh, also falls in that. But Gong Li oh, also. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. so cool being tapped. But this is a, a moment, um, if we can, Matthew, like put an audio clip in. There's this old man who's going to be in the play and he <laughs> starts talking about this music that he's composed for it and it's in English. And it's like... You are beautiful. You are beautiful. You are so handsome. You are so smart. Thank you much. Please You are so smart. Um, and like the whole time, Stephen's character is like, "What are you doing? Like, this isn't in English. Like, you don't yeah. sing." I don't, Matthew. I don't think you need to do it because Marty hit it perfectly. Oh it, no. Yeah. <laughs> no! Oh, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 really it's really good. And yeah. I love it, he just keeps singing over Stephen, trying to yeah. <laughs> try to explain what's going on. Yeah, yeah and, and wow. the next scene we get to see some other um, like supporting <laughs> characters good. that I really like. So there's like this junior oh, triad yeah. squad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a good fake out opening shot where again it's like he's he's facing the camera dead on and he's talking to like a master hung. Um, you know, we'd be ready for like our play rehearsal. And yeah, it's this like super young kid who's somehow like mm -hmm. the head of a triad or something. And, yeah, and he's got this really, really heavy accent. Voice. Yeah, oh, really some, some sort of dialect that I I, I mean, I don't know, maybe uh, audiences mm -hmm. will be more familiar with, but um, all you really need to know is that he's like this hard punk, really. Yeah. <laughs> but it's awesome because at the same time... He has the flash on his shirt, so that's Yeah, cool. yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. cool. But as much as he is like a hardcore punk, he's still honestly pretty devoted to like the craft. So like whenever Wan Tin Sao is like describing stuff, he kind of gets involved in like theory talk too, which I really like. Um, mm -hmm. And then one of the other players in this is one of Chao's regulars, Tenki Tin Kaiman. And yeah, uh, Kaiman. we'll see him yeah. in a lot of stuff and we've, we've seen him before. So uh, he, he plays a really good part because they're trying to explain how to react when you're stabbed and Stephen Chow does like a foot stomp to him and <laughs> the way that he plays that out is really well, well yeah and handled. again he's really into the theory of like where does pain come from like how do you show it and and there's an and then the third member of the triad who's described as being like new and that's uh Chung Man Fai um and he <laughs> looks like seriously out of place like very clean yeah. cut um flannel glasses, glasses. yeah yep. but uh yeah, just really cool cast of characters. Very much like the kind of like Stephen Chow, Motley, Motley crew. Um, that's such a big like, yeah, part of his movies. But yeah, after the kind of like pain tutorial and everything, 
we follow these characters and um they they kind of dupe this like sweet old lady who's just practicing <laughs> tai chi and they kind of Connor into like giving up all of her money saying that one of them is injured. Um, but Oh, really important in the foreground. Um, before this scene happens, you <laughs> really notice important. A, an utterly naked little boy. Um, yeah, yeah. just, yeah, completely unashamed, like, uh, walking in, in front of the frame. And he's like a super important, oh, like man, visual so, um, motif of the movie. Right, and depending on the cut of the film that you're watching, you may have already seen him because there's a bit with, it's like a time-lapse shot of Wan Tin Sao in his community center, and there's like yeah. the ping-pong table in the foreground and a lot of other things happening. And uh, in certain cuts of the film, there's a cut of the kid taken out. And uh, it's it's kind of interesting to me, and we'll definitely get into it as we're getting through this film, but sometimes he's edited out, sometimes he isn't. And there's... a a certain scene where he can only be edited out a certain amount because it's pretty right. important. But yeah. um yeah, that's our introduction to that character. Yeah. <laughs> but then but I, we we This we, is a great character moment here though, because yeah. um after the lady is tricked, um and I, I just love the editing of, of all this stuff too. Um one time I was like, Oh um sorry miss you like you dropped something and like he dropped the same amount of money that she just gave away. Um but the, and then ask like, oh, will you come? You know, will you come to our play? Yeah, I don't know. It's really, it's just really interesting. It's like there's something about the Juan Tinsau character that just it 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 does it for me. It's like nice. he's he's really tr- He's not he's not complete and he's not fully realized. But it's so abundantly clear that he he has this good heart and like you guys have been saying, he has this kind of optimistic streak. Um, yeah, you you yeah, do see a little bit way. of a, a human moment where they do uh, – he's looking up at a billboard. Actually, it's like a kind of a fourth wall break because I tried to translate this as best I could. But um, this billboard has like this cartoon character on it and uh, some toilets. And it's <laughs> yeah. it's basically the line from the song that you mentioned where he's like, I'm yeah, a dump of shit. A dump of shit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but at the base of the billboard, it says like, if you watch New King of Comedy, you can redeem like this for a figure of this character. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Which Dude, is really funny. Paul. But but even that is like a an important transition because it transitions away from wanting Sao to our female lead cecilia chung she's looking at this billboard and then uh she gets her own basically kind of cute introduction and it's she's dressed as a schoolgirl, and so yeah i think you're initially just kind of assuming like oh here's this kind of young naive girl yeah and that's great too because you know she looks really cute she's got pigtails on and they're just showing her travel through the city and it it almost has like a very like i mean because she's in the sailor suit i think helps but it's like a 80s japanese like yeah TV it feels show. very oh, totally. it feels very anime yep. yeah and it, it lands on like this kind of nice freeze frame which i think is really cool mm-hmm. you could almost yeah. see like japanese title for the show pop up but um with that then it smash cuts to her just in the club just, just, just smack talking swearing and going crazy <laughs> like it's so good and yeah. I, I have a feeling that this is all improvised yeah it definitely feels she... that way because like it it ends with like it's cut a few times, but it's the same kind of shot, and then it ends with her just like breaking and laughing. 
which feels very real. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, totally. And the kind of thing we saw a couple times in Forbidden City Cop where it's like, yeah, yeah. the laughter is just kind of contagious and it's fun to have in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so she works at a club um, and she's like a, a hostess. And basically this club has this kind of theme night where like all the girls dress as, you know, young, like college age girls and are trying to kind of like cater to these, uh, to these patrons. Um, Mm -hmm. and we kind of find out that she's not really the smoothest talker and she doesn't really like, um, she doesn't really complete the, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the the role like she doesn't yeah. she's not believable as like this college girl mm. and i love it because it's like it it's the perfect like uh because i uh, you know she obviously of course ends up with with the stephen chow character and they're kind of the same in a different way like yeah both totally. of them know the theory of how you're supposed to do it but kind of suffer whenever it comes time to actually do it and because she's saying to one of the other hostesses, like, hey, if the guy's ugly, then just try to find something nice about him and focus on that. <laughs> oh, and then, such a great. And then bit. she meets up with this guy who is like, she's just trying to find something and everything about him is disgusting. <laughs> yeah, he has like so much weird like hair and sweat and posture. He has like bugs crawling out of his ears. <laughs> of his yeah. Yikes. And she's but, she's like about to gag. And so she like tells her madam or whatever. It's like, oh, I can't do it. But then one of the other girls <sighs> is just like playing with the cockroach. And she's like, that's no, my see, favorite payoff. Like she's it's like, yeah, Lulu's playing with the cockroach. <laughs> oh, so good but that's um, that's that's, that's yeah. i think the thing that makes that like really great comedy stand out is whenever you have a joke that is completely fine on its own and then there's that extra little bit that Dude, like so well said. that you weren't expecting it's like that's what makes a lot of classic simpsons bits so good is because oh, like sure. there's the good there's the joke which is a totally fine joke and then there's something else after you completely weren't expecting and just really puts a puts a pin in it. It's so good. Yeah, totally. Um, and then we cut back to the the back lot. We almost have like a back lot sequence each each day, sort of. It's kind of like how the how the movie's structured. Um and you know, he <laughs> Stevens hasn't really been been welcomed back. He's hanging around on the set. And the uh, the line producer or whatever, uh, Brother Sonny, right? I think is how they refer to him. Yeah. Um, he's sort of like, yeah, what are you doing here? And it turns out that Stevens like thought more about how he could have died as that priest character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just love him going into this. And he's like backing away. And he's like, and then you could also add, I knew it was you. <laughs> um, uh, and like, just as he's about to be kicked out, um, once again, it, it turns out like, uh, they are one man, one man short. Um, and so he gets another shot, uh, at actually being involved in, in this same production. And this is, wow, this is such a great sequence. (laughs) Yeah. They show him laying on the ground. He's like, you know, again, we're asking questions about things and they're like, all right, just get him ready. And then they just smear like some junk on his face and just (laughs) splash fake blood. (laughs) It's like, just stay there, you're dead. And uh, we've got another scene in the church, and this is more of an action scene, not a not a gun action. Uh, what I really love is, like you were saying earlier, Marty, the 
the behind the scenes kind of stuff. You see the springboard that they use for the big flips, which is really cool. And uh, I again, just just the way that the action's handled, like you could almost make a mini film where you cut these scenes and splice them together. <laughs> it's really fun. And this is again, again, uh, Karen Mock being the 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 cool badass lady. Um, and she does like the the awesome, very in my head, very anime move of like slashes all the guys and does a cool pose, and then they fall down <laughs> after like a second or so. Right, um, but that that cockroach she, finds its way over <laughs> to the cockroach yeah. on her foot, and she just flips out over the cockroach. <laughs> and you get the kind of almost you're waiting for it in a Stephen Chow film where either he does or one actor gets just beat up by like 10 people <laughs> yeah mercilessly. so the it's like a home alone kind of gag like the the cockroach is on his body and everyone's just like slamming beating kicking him um mm-hmm. and then it finally goes away and um then we see the director and he's looking at the dp or camera operator or something he's like oh are we still rolling he's like cut and then once he yells cut then steven like comes to again and sister cuckoo is like extremely impressed by this and she's asking him like well what were you doing he's like well the director hadn't yelled cut so i was still in my character you know and so she's like wow that's like professionalism and she asks for his name and she says like that he's going to be joining her team now and (laughs) <laughs> homie could have just walked off into the sunset but yeah. she mentions in passing it's like see this is you know even extras like there are professional extras yeah. out there and it's like just it's so much better than that, that priest from priest. yesterday <laughs> and he he just i don't know if he's like too honest or what but he's like oh actually no that was me i was the priest um and so she's kind of in shock mm-hmm. but it just goes downhill from here yeah, it's just this wackadoo combination of things where, like, she gets flung around and he's trying to, like, stop it, but then it just keeps making it worse. And and there's this great bit where she's flying through the air in, like, kind of slow motion and they're all kind of staring up at it. And the guy takes a picture. Yeah, they say, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> but then when he tries to make a getaway, he tries to get another lunch. And he's, like, literally grabs a lunch and is running away from it. Um, and we keep seeing these sh- like close-up shots of a banana getting peeled. <laughs> yeah, then, yeah, separately, yeah. And then and then it gets thrown, and we see it was Montat who throws it. And yeah. then he, after he falls, he grabs the lunch and just throws it away. And then th- the same dog comes up <laughs> yeah. and starts eating it. Perfect. And there's this. The scene <sighs> ends on this amazing, kind of almost like abstract slow mo shot. Um, no, of him walking as he's kind of just like swaggering off. So you're I'm starting to just sense it's like, what well. is like, what's going on with this guy? <laughs> um, and yeah, so now like the threads of our, our movie are going to start coming together. Mm-hmm. So Steven's back at the community center and the, um, madam from the club shows up, um, not only with, uh, Cecilia's character, but actually with like several of the girls and we get this awesome just like juxtaposition of, uh, you know, it feels like they're like extremely out of place here in this community center with the kids. And so but they he's, act about, yeah. He's still holding it together. You know, they're, uh, the, the lead lady's kind of grilling him about acting and he's going into these details. But uh, Pew Pew, she's got her own ideas because she kind of calls him out as being an extra and he says, no, I'm an actor. And he's being yeah. really patient <laughs> yeah. with that. And um, she's just laughing at him the whole time. But um, then once 
things turn around and he calls her a, a hostess or you know yeah. just a you know club girl then she gets really mad and she <laughs> <laughs> she's looking really for some mad. different instruments and she ends up yes. finding a, a stool it, 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 she's like she's like weighing everything out like what's the best <laughs> thing i can use to beat the crap out of him i love his nervous looks when he's not oh dude his looks like, are amazing yeah 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 so she ends up taking a chair to him and um but the thing that's pretty important about this scene is that he mentions about crying and he mm-hmm. says one of the little things you can do is if you can't get a tear to come out just have some wasabi and they <laughs> yeah. they just like wasabi like this They're is what this guy is telling us what's great because earlier he's saying is it's like you know here's here's the thought process to conjure a tear he's like look and it's like everyone leans forward there's yeah. like no tear to be seen and he's like no no it's inside the eye so even though he's kind of like uh kind of made to look like a joke they cut to the next scene of pew pew at the club and they've got this big dude this big guy that's loaded that's drunk and he's having Mm. issues and they need a girl to get in there to get that money and she ends up using those skills that he taught to win the money and uh so it ends up paying off and shows her that Mm. he really kind of knew what he was talking about and I love the just the vibe of that scene, like, and Cecilia's performance is just incredible. It's like you get this win-win where it's so funny because of the wasabi, but her performance is actually super moving too. Mm-hmm. And this guy is so drunk, he ends up kind of passing out. Um, yeah. And then all the girls gather around. Yeah, and they like grab they the money. The money. It's, yeah, throw it's it around. Cool. Also, were Hong Kong dollars really that big? Like they're huge, right? Yeah, the notes are giant. Like, yeah, like the bank notes are huge. Anyways, (laughs) that's that's apropos of nothing. So the the next scene, the next scene, we get to see uh, that Pew Pew goes back to Steven's character and is basically saying, like, you know, your thing worked, so like, we'll, you know, I'll we'll get you some more, want some more lessons. Yeah, and she's like, pay pays for it. Um, Yeah. Because he's kind of hesitant, obviously. He has a black eye and everything. And she is, yeah. like, apologizing. And then um, we see him go into his modest little room. And he's, like, counting yeah. the money. And he's, like, silently kind of jumping for joy. Yeah, he's, stuff. like, hopping around with the money. Which yeah. I, man, I know that feeling. <laughs> oh, dude. Awesome. Yeah, for real. And then there's a really um, sweet moment. He can hear her from, like, outside in the courtyard. And even though she's, like, maybe like she has like this kind of mink coat and then hardly much else on and like cigarette in her mouth, but she's like playing with the kids yeah. with like hula hoops and stuff. Yeah. And he's like surveying his clothes and it's like, Oh, none of them kind of look good enough. So he actually puts on his best suit. Yeah. And I, I really like, this is the, the, the score in this kind of moment is like, I think sort of typifies the, the music in the movie. Yeah, I think this is one of these scenes that I was thinking of when I mentioned the iconic, like, kind of generational things in cinema. And this, I think, would land with a lot of people because there you've got these. It, it's it's overly emotional, but I think it works really well. And um, he's basically giving her like kind of a, more lessons on how to be more realistically romantic, I guess, or yeah. 
you know, more appealing as this character that she wants to play. But you can mm-hmm. see that he's kind of getting swept up with yeah. Uh, yeah, what she's totally. doing. Too. My favorite, my favorite gag is that every time he he goes like says like give me a hug then it whenever it cuts to the wide shot then she's like hopped up with her legs wrapped around (laughs) him and he's like you don't have to do do that every time yeah it's great and then there's there's this really beautiful moment because he's kind of encouraging her to be a little less boisterous and like have the clients come to you kind of play into this shyness um which isn't very natural for her um, and eventually he's like lifting her chin up, you know, like time after time. And then we see her just like, yeah, really deliver this kind of sort of beautiful performance. And it's almost like time stands still. And we cut to this super interesting wide shot where they're just kind of like frozen in this silhouette, um, almost like as, as though they're dancers kind of. Yeah. And Steven's like holding her chin up. Yeah, just really really interesting but he ends up um then saying like okay well this is this this is more like surface level stuff um to really get into the character you have to like mine from your experience so he ends up asking her about like oh when were you you first in love and she's putting up like really firm walls and this is intercut with these kind of sudden flashbacks and at first it seems like this really sort of sweet boy and she's clearly younger and apparently like more innocent and Stephen keeps asking about it we see that this boy isn't so nice and sweet and he's like physically abusive for her and he's the person who like pushed her and forced her to, to work in the club um and what he had promised her initially is you know like i'll love you forever and i'll you know i'll support your living um and it turns out it's like, well, how am I going to get the money? You've got you've got to work in the club. Um, and this kind of gets this kind of comes to a climax when um, Stephen says, like, OK, so now just imagine that I'm that boyfriend and she sort of loses it and just slaps him and runs away. Yeah. My my pull from that was that the, the, the boyfriend, he's he's in a couple of other child films, too. And I, I for me, I remember him as. Uh, one of the soccer players that they were hiding yeah. like wrenches and stuff in their shorts. And then I think in Kung Fu Hustle, he's one of the guys that's on the city bus when you see Steven Chow yeah, doing like yeah. the snake style yeah. and, and he gets smacked. So um, yeah. his name's Steven yeah. Fung Ming Hang. He's he. Yeah, that's where I noticed him from. But yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a darker twist than than you're expecting in it. But I, I do I, I do kind of appreciate it. Like it it has like. It's just like a little bit in there to add like this interesting depth to it and kind of show like a little bit of that sadness, but it doesn't get like too overly like emotional and dramatic. Like it shows you just enough so that, you know, like there's a little more to this, this lady. Yeah. Um, which yeah. Is and cool. that both that's, of these characters, like they don't, well, you know, they've been dealt a really rough hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so... Uh, and then we get another another kind of goofy scene with our our, our kind of wannabe triad uh, people, where they're saying like there's these. It says they're filming karaoke next door, which I'm not 100 percent what that means. Yeah, well, they're basically context, but... yeah. It's just kind of this kind of shakedown situation. But yeah. the 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 newbie, yeah, like you're, if you're shooting anything, like you're supposed to pay protection. For... Yep. Yeah, and actually, you could almost kind of 
see that as a commentary on what triads had been doing around there at the time but yeah, um, totally. um you got this young guy trying to uh hustle out some cash but the teacher uh that's coordinating the filming he's got his own hand uh he's got his own group of goons that get in the way of what this yeah. dude wants to do but, but even before that there's this awesome kind of exchange um when he first goes to try to like ask him what's happening and it turns mm-hmm. out they're both just like super interested in economics and like yeah. um yeah studied econ at schools so they're talking about the recession in hong kong and everything so <laughs> yeah cool. and and meanwhile you've got wanting Sao doing some long distance coaching so he's sitting at a table and basically kind of gesturing uh, what that dude should do. <laughs> yeah, like Cyrano de Bergeracking. It yeah, kinda. yes, totally, totally. But you you kind of, I mean, this is a child film, so you know that things are going to turn upside down. But in the way that it happens is kind of strange. So that same little naked kid that's been showing up <laughs> distracts uh, Wanton Sao. And um, our junior triad member sees him pat the kid on the head, so he does it against the gang member and gets... Whoops. It gets so beat up. <laughs> so and then here is and this is the huge um sensor yeah. or cut. And depending on how it hits you, it's like I've watched it with people where it's they just absolutely die laughing. Um but, but yeah, this same little boy, like utterly naked, <laughs> um, it cuts to our like triad member who's beaten up and he looks over at Steven and Steven like flicks his member. <laughs> Um, weird it's super (laughs) and then then the dude and there's some really interesting shots he kind of like gets down he's looking at this thug's groin and he's like looking back and then he just like flicks it um and he gets completely annihilated yeah so (laughs) naturally there are cuts of this film i think the more the more recent cuts more recent releases of this film will have some of that cut out so you still get i think the the only hd version available uh, cuts that but there's uh, you can watch um like a subbed um cantonese language version on youtube like the complete movie and you'll see that full sequence right 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 one of my favorite uh one of my favorite cuts in this is whenever it uh he's like keeps getting beat up by the try guy and 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 uh, Steven's like getting him to keep going back and he grabs like these two cleavers and he yeah. runs up towards him and then immediately <laughs> runs looks... away again. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. And then like Steven finally somehow coaches him. It's like, no, tap into your anger from like within and run after him. And he's running after this triad guy and uh, or, sorry, this other thug. And he's like running straight at the camera. He looks like absolutely insane. But the guy just slaps him and he starts crying. And then I just love this beat so much. It's again, it's like in a lesser movie, you, you wouldn't have something like this. As as our little triad student is crying, this thug is like taking pity on him. And he's like, okay, you, you scared me. And he takes out the protection money and he <laughs> like throws it down. Yeah, so he's successful, even if it was out of pity. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, so Stephen Chow's character, Wanton Sao, comes over, and they have a little talk. And then uh, Hung and his other 
crony played by Tenki show up and they're like, oh, you did it, like blah, blah, blah. But they're still giving him a hard time. And it leads to like this slap shot where each of them take turns slapping him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love the Tenki's like cut totally looks like what you were saying before, like an NG where you can just see him smiling while he's doing <laughs> yeah. it. But it's still in the film. I, I really like that. But that that takes us to our next uh uh, time on the set. yeah film set and this is like oh man this is great <laughs> so he uh he makes his way onto the set again and this time he's gonna be playing cuckoo stunt double and uh, what they do here is they've got him ready and uh like gassed up so his arms are gonna be on fire so they uh set his arms on fire but instead of cut you know getting into the action they're deliberating (laughs) for like a minute and a half but the thing that's amazing is that his arms are straight up on fire it's just yeah there's two shots here but you and both shots you see that it's steven chow and he's just hanging in there with his arms on fire Mm -hmm. it's 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 hilarious and it's a serious yeah serious stunt and i I because one thing with fire is like you're really supposed to not stay put like yeah you need to be moving like for your Yeah, own and and they safety. usually put some type of like um like gel on the stunt performer that, and you mm-hmm. can see that I mean he's definitely sweating because he's in on fire but you can yeah. see that maybe there's a like a, a light layer of that gel but he's still in frame his face is there the whole time mm-hmm. it's not a joke it's it is a joke but it's not a joke <laughs> it's pretty awesome. yeah yeah <laughs> um, i do really love the bit where the director's trying to get his cigarette lit and then he goes over to because <laughs> <Lonten laughs> like, his arms on fire that's pretty uh, awesome it's very good yep. but he goofs because when they call they call action then he jumps to the floor and they're like you yeah. ruined it it's like come on man <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like we have already at this point in the film seen like a lot of like mocking like, like the john woo doves but that's like a huge part of like yeah this sequence it's great <laughs> and then the one uh i don't know if he's like a producer or something it's like no i think the doves like make the shot more interesting it's like like why it's like what well, it's kind of abstract i can't explain it oh it's <laughs> yeah. so good yeah and he has a, a spat with mao again uh among tot's character and uh mao really digs into him that time <laughs> But uh, yeah. you, you, especially you, because he supposedly has earned the lunchbox, like mm. officially. Yeah, yeah. So following that, we get a short little scene with uh, our junior triads again, and uh, there's a really uh, kind of an endearing bit where Hung, the the leader, his grandma shows up and she's pleading with him to cut things out and. Uh, Wanton Sal comes out and he says, hey, we're going to be doing uh, the play Thunderstorm. You should come and check it out. This is the moment that I mentioned earlier. Where oh, she yeah, says, she mentions Bruce yeah, Lee. Yeah, she says, oh, Bruce Lee was in that. Like, that's really good. So she's, like, <laughs> really happy for Hung. And, and he's like, yeah, don't worry, Grandma. And, like, she gives him a kiss and runs off. It's, like, super sweet. <laughs> yeah, and I love um, Wanton Sal says, like, yeah, she's, like, a real hero for how she raised you. And he's like, you're not. You know, yeah, um, and <laughs> this is also him. on the heels of like Uman Tat had overheard Wan Tinsao talking about his quote unquote student, you know, the triad member, um, who he successfully coached to get the protection money. And Uman Tat's like, This is despicable, like, you dare call yourself an actor and you're like just teaching, you know, triad members. Um, mm. so you can. St- we can see that's like had an had an impact on him, 
Um, and he kind of, yeah, he encourages these guys. It's like, Hey, come on, just like for tonight, help me out with this play. Um, and it's awesome because they're yeah, just doing Fist of Fury. Um, yeah. you know, the Chinese connection and yeah, Steven is Bruce Lee, you know, which is a recurring theme, uh, like throughout his career and his life, you know, he's just, I think as we've mentioned, a huge, um, outsized you know fan of of bruce lee and yeah he um, was kind of i mean i bruce lee kind kind of a controversial star from hong kong's point of view for so long but uh undeniably a hero and it's it's i think for me stephen chow is one of the uh you know celebrities that really was like no bruce lee was my hero like i totally just saw bruce lee films and i wanted to do what he was doing so i think it's i mean we've seen it in a lot of films but it's really fun to see this here uh fist of fury and i mean they even do like kind of the smack on the face and they do the um the overhead shot with a bunch of roundhouse kicks and he yeah, lands yeah. those poses really good and um <laughs> there's the funny bit where it ends up yeah, him hitting Pew Pew and tossing her over his shoulder. Yeah, because yeah, that's the that's the really sweet part of it is that it's it's another play where no one shows up, but then Pew Pew comes in and she's like the only person in the audience watching them. Just yeah, this is awesome. ba- basically it, it feels like a bunch of kids playing Fist of Fury. Yeah, of <laughs> she was so caught up with it that she wanted to join them. So yeah, yeah. she had. I love the I kind of say love the lighting of that. Just these shots where you're seeing Pew Pew in the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, the quality of the transfer, uh, you know, there's never been a really great copy of the movie, but um, you can really see kind of the merits of the cinematography, like mm-hmm. kind of shining through that, anyways. Yeah. But then they have a they have a really sweet moment on the like on the beach uh, afterwards, where they're kind of having a moment. It, actually, there's there's one kind of funny cut where you see the the other three kind of wannabe gangster guys all passed out at the bar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but then they then they share a kiss, which she she this kind of disguises so it by saying that like, "Hey, your lips look chapped. Let me share some of my chapstick." And then she rubs <laughs> and her lips. And they keep having this like, their wires just getting crossed. Um, yeah. And she's like, "Oh, here's some. Yeah, here's some chapstick." But she just puts it on like lip to lip. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, "Hey, do you need some more?" And he's like, "No, no, no." And so she's offended. But yeah. then she's like. This is kind of like more like vintage Stephen Chow stuff where it's just like so unexpected, like what they're fighting about. And she's mm-hmm. like, no, I hate chapped lips. Like I hate yeah. people with chapped lips. On my um, notes, I wrote chapped lip argument. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So great. But then it turns into like a genuine kiss. And prior to this, mm-hmm. they're like looking out at the water. And I think this is probably that same location from the very opening of the movie where Steven's like yelling at the waves. Oh, for yeah. Carter. I believe that. Um, and then there's a really whenever it turns into saying, the it's like, yeah, whenever it turns into like the real kiss, it's really cute because it does the wide shot and she has her arms, her legs wrapped around him like earlier. <laughs> yeah, so great. Yeah, that's a very Zucker moment right there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, totally. Yeah, so they have like a real romantic connection now, and it yeah. cuts to the next day, and she has stayed overnight. So there's kind of yeah, which I don't like think lawn I've... chair bed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. I was thinking that that must have not been very comfy. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you know, you know, she's into you if <laughs> she's dealing with that. So yeah, nice. Um, yeah, I'll we get a couple more real. really iconic kind of romantic moments here, where yeah. uh, she gets out of uh, bed first and 
he goes to see her, but there's a funny moment where he's wearing her heels. He's wearing her heels. Yeah, because yeah, she, she she's got flip flops. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, she's looking out at the water. It's like yeah. you kind of see this motif like recurring, like what that mm-hmm. means. But yeah, she's wearing his shirt and she's wearing his flip flops. And Stephen's acting here. It's just like it's so subtle, but like extremely like vulnerable and be- mm-hmm. yeah just love it but he he starts to kind of like panic um and he calls uh master hung you know the young triad guy and he's like so how much do hostesses like charge for like overnight and he's like well is you know how good looking is this and it's <laughs> like no she's like so beautiful and he's like it's somebody like exorbitant some yeah. and now he just starts spiraling on just like an awful path thinking that like he's supposed to be paying her and he's just scraping like every dollar he has but it's it's really well put like edited together cuz it keeps cutting back to him you know it's like seemingly like wrestling with it but just like adding more and more um to the pile and then as she's about to re-enter the room, he kind of hides back under the bed, and oh, the way Cecilia plays this is awesome because yeah, I we think just it's see how like cool. how unburdened and like mm. at peace like she finally is, and then she sees well, it's like money and a watch and all this stuff, and so she grabs it, takes off his shirt, throws on her coat, and then she's like, "Yeah, bye, boss," you know, like using the same phrase she would use with like patrons at the club. Yeah, and um, the, the the thing uh, that I really love about this is that y- you would expect a movie to turn this into an argument or a point of conflict that, you know, the the main two leads would have to end up winning each other over by the finale of the film, but it doesn't do that. It actually, uh, she plays it, I, I mean, there's a sadness to it, but also a maturity where she's like, all right, I'm out of here, and... um he has this kind of typical romantic moment where he goes like, don't leave. And, and she's like, Oh, like really? What do you think you're going to do? And she's like, he he's like, I'll support you. And then she's like, he's like support yourself first. And then she like has this kind of cool person moment. But uh, I think it's just so well handled here. And then, uh, you know, you get the strength of her there and you see, that she's actually emotionally destroyed as she's yeah. taking her Yeah, when her it cuts to her in, in the car and it's like we don't – it's only music and she's just bawling. Her performance is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's – what happens a lot in this movie and, and I could see these as being beats that would would throw people. You either – I don't know, love it, hate it, or, or indifferent. But I think when you're when you're watching the sequence and she's going away, it's like – it really feels like the movie is about to push you into this kind of like awful place. And mm-hmm. then he surprises you and you kind of catch your breath. And then, no, it really is like so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also has the like Stanislavski book um, in her bag. So it's like, yeah, this really interesting mix. And I, I like how this kind of like where we are at this uh, point in the movie, like we have them together, but it's, we see it's like, there are other forces at play. Like they can't just, they're not free to just be together. It's not that simple. And I, I think that the, um, the pace of the movie kind of picks up uh, around here. Like when they first do uh, 
the the Bruce Lee, the Fist of Fury, and then as, after that, I think everything starts to move a bit faster in the movie. And uh, you've got a scene here where uh, he stands up to Mao. He basically goes to the yeah. table, and Mao's like, "I dare you to pick it up," and he grabs like a a handsaw, and he still does <laughs> it, and he he makes his way yeah. out. Yeah, which is cool because it kind of shows like that Mao kind of sees that he's like distraught. <laughs> Like it shows that Mao's not just like this, you know, completely, yeah, completely heartless guy. Like he's just well, and also Mao is kind of seeing that one Tinsao has like some amount of of courage, yeah, um, and then, and then that, it's yeah, that courage kind of leads him to the next scene where uh, the oh, the PA and they they grab him. They're like, we need you back over here, and they're like. We, you need to go to this meeting and he goes to this room and you see that sister cuckoo's there and the director and also a couple of other characters and uh they tell him that uh oh they say big brother in the in the subtitles they had yeah. a cast uh they had the the male lead drop out big brother dropped out so we know who that is but um yeah. they were offering it to him uh <laughs> a couple things i think are pretty funny are um this audition that they put him in <laughs> and there's this gag with the snot hanging uh, out of his nose he, he oh that's incredible yeah. He, yeah he dips her and then it's like shot in profile for the most part and you see he's getting emotional because she's supposed to be dying in the script and his and, performance is genuinely like strong and compelling yeah. you can tell he's like it's almost as though like now he's like he's lived enough to really be able to to bring that to his acting, but it's this like, Oh, both ends. So at first you see like tears coming out of his eyes and then they're kind of pulling at the tip of his nose. <laughs> and then it turns into the most frightening globule of snot yeah. that like, you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and they're just completely swept away by his performance. But I love that they still also acknowledge the snot. They're like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Like I was so captivated and the snot was there. And like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so great because yeah. oh my god it's like literally almost in in her mouth um, yeah and karen's so so good in this and i just love how she carries herself here there's something about this um these kind of back room sequences where you really get a sense of like her gravitas and um yeah it's quite it's quite powerful and yeah, yeah and they you ultimately offer him this part and um he's he's stunned but what he asks is it's like so well I'll, I'll i'd really get a lunchbox then yeah. yeah um the other thing i really like is that in the group there there's a dude that's like totally like that a white dude well there's <laughs> like a shot there's like a shot and then there's also like a tarantino in that room and the dude's <laughs> really playing up like how tarantino would talk and everything and he has a moment that's, where i didn't even think about that but you're totally right oh yeah 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 it sounds just like him there's a moment where he like gets into it with karen mock and she answers him in english you'd rather use this guy than that goal don't fucking sorry sorry but don't bullshit me okay because i don't do business like this well okay? don't you bullshit me and I, yeah yeah i don't know if you guys know but she she like went to school in london she she like knows yeah. like five languages and um so she grew up and she has mixed race i forget she's i think british and chinese but um yeah, she grew, she went to school in London and she like studied in Italy. So she's kind of got a worldly 
like upbringing so it's kind of mm-hmm. cool her using the english there and she uses yeah, totally. it later on for a it's special and she's also a singer which will be relevant a little yeah later. yeah yep. we're gonna hear a song of hers in like a minute or two <laughs> so but yeah he he gets the he gets the part um and this leads to one of the more kind of interesting uh kind of cuts in the movie where yeah, this or is scenes in the super movie. yeah powerful i mean yeah there's nothing like it in any movie i've ever seen mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's because it starts off. It's it's we see uh, Sister Cuckoo and uh, oh, uh, Tinsau. Yeah, Tinsau. I was I was like, oh, I can't I keep I keep mixing up because I think I I read somewhere it put the the like the the last name actually last and then others. Oh, sure, so sure. I, so I kept confusing my head. Mm. Um, but uh, we see Tinsau and, and Cuckoo like going into like this kind of party thing with like this you know hollywood type kind of people he's wearing a tuxedo yeah, some photographers and it's, it's kind of like his unveiling yeah. maybe yeah but it's being intercut with pew pew at the club and it starts off kind of like they're both just like kind of having a good time or whatever um it but it takes a real dark turn extremely <laughs> um, dark yeah. and some of the darkness is almost kind of weirdly played for comedy in kind of an odd way because uh pew pew yeah. is like he he's she's like trying to turn down this this guy um because she because she loves uh tin sao and yeah. well and that's um, also intercut with um cuckoo asking tin sao like so what you know is your this is going to be a busy schedule is your girlfriend going to be okay with that mm-hmm. and we see tin sao saying like oh i don't have a girlfriend yeah and so we basically steven is just like twisting the knife to a degree mm-hmm. that's so uncomfortable and you just don't want to see this yeah um, yeah and so pew pew tries to be like you know i, I i've got a yeah, i'm gonna call it a night like i'm feeling sick or whatever and whenever she keeps refusing it the guy like gets rough and like like starts beating her and kicking really her in the stomach and beating her it's and she, yeah, she's like bloody and he's like yeah. say it again and she keeps like refusing him and there's this shot it's yeah, there're just so many so many flavors to this. It's like mm-hmm. it's tragic um and there there still are these strange like humorous beats, but you're starting to like really almost like hate Tinsau in this moment. But it's also kind of like beautiful filmmaking, just like the blood and everything. It's yeah, it's there's just a lot to this. Um, yeah. But really, yeah, really rough. And I think it's like, you know, we've the darkness has been a a really present aspect of of the film. And if you sort of thought it was going to be just kind of thrown here and there for effect, it's like, no, this is kind of like an undercurrent for these characters. So the 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 violent guy leaves and like the girls kind of rushed up to help out Pew Pew. And we see the next day that um Tin Sao is going out to to meet up with, with Cuckoo to like to fly the drive the airport and, and Pew Pew shows up and, and recognizes Cuckoo and is like, Hey, you're 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 that lady from the oh, movies. It's so sad. Oh my god. And while she has like this black eye and and bruised lips and stuff, yeah, she got all messed up. But yeah, it, it's really you're like no, like you you're watching a car yeah, crash. A, yeah, watching this motion. with my wife, she was just like on the edge of her seat, like yeah. biting her nails. It's because yeah. and and there's a really cool like composition. Um, she like Pupio realizes like 
oh, wow, Tinsau is actually part of this because she's like, oh, are you playing a waiter or something today? And she's stunned that Cuckoo knows who he is. And yeah. there's this composition where they're talking to each other and their coverage like blocks um, each other's faces. And it's like you just kind of you can't you can't read them. And she's sort of her exuberance is still is still there but yet she like looks so beaten and it's really tragic and given the last sequence we're really like fearing the worst that like Tin Sao is basically going to abandon her for kind of the limelight right Mm -hmm. Um, but here's another moment where I think this film does something so special where um, they really are like kind of playing with you but they don't stretch it out longer than they need to because there's you you get a really nice resolution here so uh, she hands him back the acting book and they have this kind of little emotional moment and this is like what you were saying I think where they have those cuts with all of the characters kind of obscured and they're making their way and uh, she she breaks she yells she's like wait and she's like you said you'd support me and like did you mean it and there's like this beat and he's like you can just picture the theater audience and yeah totally all the air they're kind of hanging on it and like cuckoo's (laughs) looking at him and steven is just like there's kind of no expression to his face but he says yes and it's like oh man like wow and and she's like jumping up and down it's awesome it's mm-hmm. it's really nice it's really nice yeah. it's a really sweet moment yeah um and that and then they they kind of we see it there they reunite he, like he gets out of the car and runs over to her and it's it's really really sweet um and, and actually in the song that plays in the background of this scene is uh called the way you make me feel uh by and it's by karen mock the, the actress that plays sister cuckoo yeah so And it's interesting because, like, Karen initially seems to be playing it like, ah, uh, you know what, they're kind of sweet. Like, and she's the one who says, like, why don't you catch up with her and just be on set at, like, on time. And I love how Karen plays this. And this is an interesting juxtaposition from when Pew Pew is riding in the car, you know, just sobbing. Karen starts smiling and then, yeah, like, her expression becomes, like, much more inscrutable as she's going. And... Yeah, this is um, this decision has not like yeah has come at a cost. Um, so when Wen Tinsao comes back um, to the set and he enters the this sort of back room, you know, where these like professional deals are going on, and um, it turns out he no longer has the part. Yeah, damn you, Jackie Chan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Big Brother had to sweep in and take yeah. it away. Yeah. But, but it, it's um, really the way that it's played. It's like it, it, it's never made exactly explicit, but yeah, it seems likely like Cuckoo is just kind of dropping him here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you can totally read that, and um, I think this is another really smart moment where he's playing with the viewer, like this emotional up and down, and uh, he's taking the beats that you would expect from a romantic comedy and 
kind of shuffling them around and so you're you're thinking oh like everything's gonna be good now and then you get hit with this and you're like yeah. whoa like that's yeah pretty yeah. rough and like you were saying carlos it's like there's kind of a cliched pace that we're all used to mm-hmm. and steven's really interested in like subverting that you know yeah. and so it's like he'll that means sometimes he's like pushing you to emotions like you're really not ready to handle and are very uncomfortable and then relieving them like before you you would expect that. And so, yeah, it's just, Oh, it's so interesting, but I love Steven's performance in this. It's like, you just see like his hopes and dreams just completely dying. And it culminates in this, him having to hand the script over. Yeah. And somehow that's like a a line he's just not able to cross and he physically can't let go of it. And it's, Mm. it's kind of a little gag. This other producer's trying to like pull it out of his hands, but it's also, yeah, just, I don't know. Steven's performance here is just, it, it, it's sort of, I mean, it's very meta because it's like, it's all about acting and the technique yeah. of acting and like, he's just crushing this thing. And then it, uh, we get kind of <laughs> to, to go with the whole humorous and sad. He's, it's singing kind of like the sad reprise of the, I'm a dump of shit. Song. <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite. It's my favorite. Yeah. There's so like this a, is like the absolute lowest, lowest point of the of the show yeah. yeah there's there's a bit of animation too they show like the lump of shit in the toilet yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so good yeah uh. and this um this next scene like he's just sitting out in the rain by some like abandoned pallets or something and i some of this imagery i feel like is like a little bit of evocative of the like kung fu hustle director to come you know a few years from now yeah um and we see Montat like uh, carrying an umbrella, and he's standing out in the rain. And again, some of these shots are, um, yeah, really quite quite beautiful. And Montat's mostly in slow motion, and he ends up waving, yeah, waving Wan Tinsao over. And here we enter this leg of the movie that <laughs> it's almost like this trap door opens, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a good what way you, to put it what you thought yeah. is in the scope of the movie is not and yeah so it, yeah i think this is probably the... where the audience divides and if i'm honest i don't know if i remember exactly how i responded the the first time seeing mm-hmm. this movie but i will say each time that i watch it it's like this then becomes the the part of the movie where i'm i'm almost the most excited Oh, that's, well, that's awesome! A, I'm surprised to hear you say that. That's I, I, I knew like when I was watching when it took this turn, I, w- I was like, either Marty like absolutely loves this, or because I, <laughs> I know you're just always so positive, but I'm like Matthew's gonna be like, what the heck is happening right now? Yeah, which <laughs> which I I definitely am. Like it's a oh, and I totally I I totally get. I mean, to me, I somehow take it similar to like the last act of Hot Fuzz. Or something like that. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This thing opens up and it's like, you didn't, you really didn't think you were in this kind of movie, but then mm-hmm. you realize like, oh, th- this has been like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I was I would, kind of set up for this. I would argue that Hot Fuzz builds up to it a little better than this movie does. Oh, sure. Um, but sure. I get, I get what you're saying. But yeah, because it, it, this basically turns into a 10 minute, uh, kind of sequence from like a like a crime movie like a triad movie yeah you got some heroic bloodshed going on now it it turns it turns out that mao is actually 
he, he's like he says he's like the the ultimate kind of actor and undercover cop um, <laughs> right but he'll never get recognized and he'll never get an oscar i love the line that he says is there's no script and i never make an ng if you make an ng someone dies <laughs> yes, yeah. that's my favorite <laughs> line it's so good <laughs> which that is that is a really good line and and i like the scene it's just it feels like the movie is leading to like i don't know i feel like if the movie led to a more kind of like like even if it was a weirdo part thing or or even if it was like he needs to do one final action thing to prove fit to to cuckoo that she he should get the role oh sure but but it's something that's more direct and not as not as kind of wackadoo as this oh, oh okay all right um, we're doing movie theory now so i'm thinking of something like like what you're saying where we could have the best of both worlds where mm-hmm. he gets another chance to be in the film but also Mao tells him that there's a real sting happening. So you could almost have it where they think like everybody working on the film thinks that they're shooting an action sequence, but there's also some real scary sting happening. Oh. That kind of be fun to play out. But- no, I think that could be totally cool. I mean, I, there's something that I, I've, that is, is satisfying to me about it. It's like, it's not about appeasing Cuckoo or, or being in her world anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I get that, and I think I'm, I'm sure I'm also bringing like just the, the juiciness of Umantad and Steven to it, mm-hmm. um, and also, uh, yeah, I mean, tonally, it's such a shift to the film, um, but this is something that you do encounter actually in other Stephen Chow films and, uh, in plenty of Hong Kong films, this kind of like trapdoor feeling. Um, yeah, and, and honestly, it's, like it's part of like a Hong Kong New Year movie. Yeah, and I think it's like even going back to like All for the Winner. There's some like oh, extraordinarily yeah. violent moments where you're like, wait, what? <laughs> and I I think we're getting that with this yeah. also. Well, so anyway, so the the gig is like um, Wan Tintao should he's going to have to be undercover as a delivery boy. Um, so this is his role. This is his, this is the character he's going to have to inhabit. And Mantat is going to enter this kind of like gang Lord's home. And the plan is when he gets there, he's going to order delivery and Steven will show up with the food and the food will have like a, a bug, like recording implement inside. Um, but the script he has to prepare, it's just like your script is like every menu from every like uh, cafe in the neighborhood. And so there's like a little scene where he's like, OK, what's the lunch special? What's combo number two? What's, um, and those are like the lines he's supposed to that he's supposed yeah. to memorize. Right. Um, and- for me, that when we get into the like gang lords sequence like i'll fully admit it's like this is totally very different i just think it's some of steven's best like filmmaking like hands down Mm -hmm. Um, oh okay just in in terms of like the suspense and uh i don't know just like the the premise of what's happening a lot of the shots are really interesting because a lot of them almost look like they're from like 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 surveillance tv like surveillance or like yeah totally looking down and and it's one of the parts they uh they have food already there and so mal has to keep like making excuses for why he's going to order delivery um and a a delivery person shows up but it's not steven and there's this really long shot where he's like trying to explain 
like why yeah, he's there like, and the guy gets shot and take. blood like splatters all over the wall oh my and God. Stuff. yeah just the way it's that all violent. this escalates because it's like the suspense of like oh shit i need to place the order and then you see just just like what level of evil that we're dealing with mm-hmm. and what Juan Tinsa is about to walk into yeah um and yeah it's totally it's kind of terrifying yeah talking about, talking about Tarantino is like perfect kind of feels Talking about oh, Tarantino, dude, it kind sure. of feels Tarantino-y. Like, it feels almost like Reservoir Dogs. Res dogs Yeah, dude, well said. Um, um, and tomato and egg is the dish that he's supposed to be yeah. um, Delicious. delivering. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. so um, he, he ends up uh, arriving, and the timing is just all wrong because, uh, you know, the, the order really wasn't complete, and he's showing up a lot sooner than they expected. And uh, Juan Tinsa was just trying to do what he was told, but then uh and Mao is kinda, trying to like get him off the scent. Yeah, and, he's like, like, get out of here. He's without just not telling picking him. up on the cues. Yeah. Yep. And as he uh drops off the food, uh Wan Tin Sao notices the dead body behind the couch. And then uh things get a little more dangerous when uh they uh Mao and him are kind of going back and forth, but then he Mao gets shot in the gut and you see that the the triad guy noticed the bug in the egg salad. Uh, yeah. And well, that's and a great prior reveal. To that, oh yeah. That's, that's so a great good. reveal where he's like holding up the bug, but then Mao reaches underneath the rice and egg and there's a gun underneath it, like a plastic yeah. bag. Yeah. And so things start uh, to escalate. But prior to this, there's this, um, you know, the suspense has just been ratcheting and ratcheting in this sequence. And then we have the camera circling Steven as the, like, the main kind of like mob boss is like grilling him because he's now starting to be suspicious. So he's like, what's this combo? Like, what's this meal? And at first he's doing pretty well on Tinsau, but um, he's getting overwhelmed. And so he tries to say like, oh, it's my first day as a delivery boy. And, and yeah, then things escalate as we said. Since so- you mentioned that rotating shot, the one thing I have to say is that there's a mirror in that shot. And if you watch, you can see the camera. Oh, you can man. see the camera. Oh, cool. Yeah, like right at the beginning of the shot. Yeah. <laughs> but it still looks cool. <laughs> it's not. Oh, yeah. Doesn't I mean, take that's, away from it. No, not at all. And of course, that's. You can see that in the modern day when you can do freeze frame, but you definitely wouldn't be able to see that, catch that in a, in a theater. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. But yeah, sorry to cut. Yeah, interrupt that. But yeah, so oh, Montat grabs the, grabs the gun and. Dude, then we have just everything yeah, explodes. Pretty fast shootout. Yeah, everything explodes. Some yeah, again, the score is really effective here. Some great slow-mo. There's a good uh, practical shot of a dude's head blowing up. Dude, totally. <laughs> it's like two and three. So Wanton's how is like he's running for this gun, he dives, and he basically becomes like the ultimate action action hero at last. Yeah, and it kind of actually plays out like the dream that he imagined when he first hears about <laughs> yeah. that mm-hmm. yeah. he gets to say his final line yeah, yeah. and he and holds it too yeah he holds it and then when mal sees he's just holding the gun then mal calls cut so that he'll stop <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's awesome and then, and then he tells him like no it was a good take <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that, i wrote that down too good take that's a good yeah. good line and then all the uh the police officers show up and yeah. that's the end of that. But you're still kind of like, whoa, I can't believe this actually happened. There's nothing that was leading me to this in this film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. great. Yeah, totally. And then we, um, we basically, we see that uh pew pew is 
kind of back at where they had their first little acting lesson outside. Um, again, kind of like by the sea. And she's like been knitting this uh, scarf. Mm-hmm. And when he shows up, <laughs> like this is just Cecilia just being awesome and great and funny. Like he can't get a word in edgewise. <laughs> and she's like kind of all over the map. She's like, oh, I was worried about you, but you better not be seeing other women. What is that? Yeah. It's the blood, but she's like, "Is that lipstick?" Yeah, like, well, I won't cook for you next time. Yeah, she, and she's like, "I'll forgive this? you, but I'm not going to cook for you." Nice. Yeah, and um, then again, just that the level of the acting here, um, Wan Tinsao just like very quietly tells her he loves her, and mm-hmm. like how Cecilia plays that, it's just like this immediate change of everything in her face. It's just really, really sweet. Yeah, they this have final this scene's very moment. bizarre too. Oh well, I mean it is, oh. but they're also this is them playing out the thunderstorm that he was talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so. One of the things that's interesting about that play is that incest is like an integral part of the plot. Okay, <laughs> that that makes it all make more sense. Yeah, okay. so you've got uh, Tinky playing like the father in this scene, and he's right. So that's kind of how they can signal to the audience like what the play is. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. So they're talking about this incest but beyond that yeah. there's another funny bit about <laughs> this scene <laughs> and yeah I, everyone everyone is pringles yep everyone is yeah. eating out of a can of pringles they're like while, oh like, wait yeah, while they're like talking fourth to each wall other. breaking like yeah. product placement mm-hmm. uh yeah very kind of like yeah, almost Simpsons or yeah. community before community kind of thing. And I love J- Cecilia is like grabbing like 10 at a time and just <laughs> yeah. chomping on. Yeah, it. yeah. It's great. Um, and then what's yeah, awesome when they get, yeah, sorry. Go no, ahead. you're good. I was, I was going to say, yeah, then they go, it turns out they're like, are on a, on a premiere and like there's all these, like this huge audience and, and, and then, uh, Karen Mott comes out and, and they, you know, are all kind of like, the audience like cheer for them and take pictures and stuff. And it's, and it's kind of, yeah. it, it is cool ending with that. So yeah, it's awesome. You get to see that. And Cuckoo's like, Oh, we get to like, you know, perform together, but we see like, so yeah, I mean, Juan Tinsa ultimately is not a screen actor and actually um, they play it into a joke, which is great. But when he's backstage, he's not, he's prepared to not play a big part. And he said, no, I, I I've kind of learned I'm not really an actor. But then when he hears that the audience is, is kind of like, excited he's like no give me your give me your outfit i'm gonna be there. <laughs> um and they also the, it ends by them saying like happy new year happy new year to the audience so it's mm-hmm. like some more you it's know kind of fourth wall breaking stuff. yeah yeah totally and then we get some ngs which um i wish i could have translated but yeah i was gonna say the ngs i'm sure are fine but that there weren't subtitles so i have no idea what so a lot of what they're doing is like that same kind of, it's not the exact same, um, oh, and then this happens and then this happens, but it's like kind of making the the rest of the cast go through the different emotions like one by one. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's really funny that part. And you see Leelik Chi there who is co-director for the film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. Marty, thank oh, you no, for the this. Oh, Pring- the Pringles ad um, before the credits. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, yeah. that's funny too. <laughs> And we get more naked kid also. <laughs> yeah, dude how how old would he be now? Uh, oh, guy, he's probably he's probably like my age because <laughs> like he's, he's probably like you know seven to ten, I guess now. Yeah, so he's, he's yeah. probably my age, probably in his thirties. That's crazy. Awesome. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah, uh, that's, that's King of Comedy. Wow. 
Yeah, Marty, thank you for this. This was awesome. Yes, definitely. Oh, totally. Yeah. No, and I, 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 yeah, I hear what you're saying. Like I, uh, like I, I mentioned a bit ago, like I'm really, I don't think I can fully capture what my first viewing of, of the movie is. Um, so yeah, I'm curious. I mean, it's possible on rewatch, you know, it'll, it might kind of cement that, that first reaction. I somehow find the movie just to get stronger and kind of more thematically connected the more I watch it. But, um, but it's interesting because it's also, and we encounter this a lot with Hong Kong cinema. Uh, it doesn't present with like an esteemed kind of like uh, critically approved sort of aesthetic, you know, and this is true of almost all Hong Kong cinema, except for a Wong Kar Wai films, basically. Um, <laughs> But I think I that just uh, goes in line with what we've said about Hong Kong cinema yeah. be, really being like nothing else. I mean, I mean the yeah. closest comparison I always think of with a especially a big kind of uh, Chinese New Year film is like Bollywood cinema, where it just kind of gives yeah. you a taste of everything, but tries to mm-hmm. land these very emotional beats, but also these funny moments. And um, I think that uh, seeing this film and uh, seeing the trajectory of Stephen Chow as not only an actor, but a director, uh, I think that this yeah. is a really important film in his in his library. And I think that um, I think overall people love this movie, but it is really interesting to see uh, how he handles this subject matter. And it seems, you know, at the same time, so broad in some ways, but also very personal and uh, very uh, important to him. You can tell that this, like this movie, like you can just see him telling you that this is important, not only just yeah. movies, but acting. That's a thing I love so much about the way that the movie handles kind of like sadness and and disappointment stuff is it it really does handle it in a kind of a pretty real way, which is to say it's not super dramatic and dour because a lot of times when people say things are real in movies, they mean it's like really dramatic and big. Like I noticed the drama. Yeah. But in this, it handles it like, the way a person in real life, like if a person got, you know, got beat up by their boyfriend or whatever, and the next day they saw a celebrity they liked, they wouldn't be like, no, I can't handle it right now. Like they would, you know, they'd probably go up to them still. Yeah. And they would deal with it, even though they had this, you know, tra- traumatic, terrible thing happen to you. Cause that's, cause that's what people do. Like people still deal with stuff, you know, and, and still will try to like, you know, distract themselves with things and, and overcome Dude, the totally. sadness with, with humor and stuff like that. And I think that's that's part of why I really like comedies, because I think comedies kind of capture the it, it, this is gonna sound very up my own ass, so sorry, but <laughs> no, I feel like go for it. I feel like comedies kind of capture humanity in a way that dramas don't, because dramas oh, sure. are almost like their own thing and are Yeah, there you know, there are like there's sort of these unwritten rules that um like aesthetic rules and yeah. rules to like form and performance and choice that you just sort of accept and mm-hmm. tend to get a whole lot of artistic credit for some reason yeah yeah but so, like if you think about your you know your day-to-day life you probably have a lot of humor in it like you you probably don't have a dramatic you know love triangle and you know you're yeah. dealing with all this big stuff and if you ever did have a really rough time in your life you know, the thing that you remember is probably going to be 
the the little moments you had where you weren't dealing with it like dude you know. so so well said and comedy is just really hard it's like oh yeah you know i mean and it's it's hard to do well and, at least it's very yeah, easy to do it, it's not easy to do yeah well. exactly and to you know for for us to to really be able to appreciate you know steven and his collaborators like all their comedic brilliance like across eras across culture across language i mean that's that's really saying something um but yeah it it is funny it's it's kind of, i think it's it reminds me of um kind of how we interpret light and dark and i don't think this is just unique to like our moment although plenty of people have kind of pointed out like, oh, gritty and dark is kind of the coin of the realm or whatever. But there does seem to be something inherently in like dark aesthetics that seem to, they almost set off something in us where it's like, okay, this is important. I better pay attention. This is real. This is serious. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my my perspective is like the actual craft of building joy, building humor is extremely difficult. And uh actually has much fewer low low hanging fruit than than a lot of the dark aesthetic does you know it's like um sh- you know shoot a significant character and they they die bleeding it's like we all have access to that to that choice without a whole lot of like head scratching and it and it will do a certain thing um but we can't all access a really easy choice to to move like to move you to to laughter or cheers or something like that um yeah and so, yeah, it's like really um interesting. it's like a Wong Fei Hung you know instead of destroying my enemies yeah. i will heal them <laughs> no yeah. i i i love that and i yes, i just I also oh, uh think that you know we're we're getting in pretty deep about comedies and stuff and i think I mentioned Tricky Master earlier, and you got both polar opposite <laughs> takes on what comedy can be and how, <laughs> how meaningful that can be. Yeah. So uh, maybe Tricky Master and King of Comedy are a good <laughs> t- double yeah. watch, but yeah, also don't suffer through Tricky Master if you don't yeah. have to. <laughs> well, it's interesting. It's like this is um, this movie is so unique amongst Stevens' films and um amongst other hong kong films but also it's like we've mentioned how there are these kind of you know zucker brothers uh moments but like try to picture any zucker brothers movie where the characters when they go home are completely like real (laughs) and depressed and you feel that like i almost can't imagine how how you would pull that off yeah 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 it's it's really interesting i mean from here on steven's career has been um, you know, supported by much bigger budgets, mm-hmm. um, a larger, you know, and he's playing to a larger audience. And I think, uh, I would say approaching kind of like higher concepts, mm-hmm. um, but still, you know, really, really emphasizing like an important kind of, um, dramatic, dramatic thread. I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that too. Yeah. So we're we're getting further along in his career on this look that we're taking. And as you go into the years, you're gonna get less films from him and you're gonna start to see him 
not in films <laughs> you know like after like some of the stuff we cover he's not an actor anymore he's more of a director and um yeah. they get bigger and bigger and bigger some of the highest grossing films out of china and um there's also in 2019 there's new king of comedy which uh i had the pleasure of watching and i was actually surprised that it's it's more of a smaller kind of situation. It's not as big as oh, the Mermaid awesome. or yeah, Journey to the West or anything like that. It's it's more of a smaller, more of a personal, and it's 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 kind of a remake, but it also is kind of a sequel. They kind of address the film, this, this film in that film, kind of for a joke, but still uh, mm. winking at the audience, knowing that you know that the characters in the movie understand about the original film so um i i really enjoyed it i i think so so what he does is he uh has a female in the lead for it and it it plays with a lot of the same emotions and themes but handles it in a different way and it's not as much of a it's it's more in line with maybe uh more of a comedy but it also has a lot of heart and it also shows a lot of character too. So um, I, oh, awesome. I, 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 I'd say check it out. It was, it was a really good time and it's available yeah, actually like on iTunes and on Amazon, you can uh, purchase it digitally. I don't know if you can rent it, but um, yeah. So if you're in the U S you can just watch it right now. <laughs> oh, very Dude, cool. Sweet. Yep. And the, uh, the other thing that I saw was that Cecilia Chung actually, she's not in the film and actually, out of all the characters there's only one child actor that returns for the film and it's uh tinky the one of the uh triad member junior triad members but uh cecilia chung actually does the dub voice for one of the characters in the cantonese version because it's a mainland oh, china cool. film so it's a mandarin yeah, yeah, yeah. film sense. but uh i don't know who she plays but she's got a role in it well cool dude that's awesome well, thank you so much for listening to this show here. Uh, if you enjoy the show, then you can leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or, uh, I don't know, I think a lot of podcast things. You can do reviews now. On podcast ad, you can thumbs up podcasts, which I don't even know what that means, but nice. do it. Why not? Wow. Yeah, please. No one's, no one's going to stop you. Um, <laughs> so uh, if you like the show, you can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at Heroes, the number three podcast on all three of them. Next week, we are going to be finishing up our look here at Stephen Chow. Um, so, Marty, what is our training for next week? So we've waded through the past um, and some lesser-known films, and now it's just going to be treats and delights from here mm-hmm. on. So we're going to close off with um, Stephen's probably most well-known film in the West. Easily. Um, and, yeah, hands down, just phenomenal, almost perfect movie, uh, 2004's Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah, and... The very small list of movies that we did for the podcast that I had seen before the podcast. Oh um, yeah, I think, there there, I think there's. I think there is like three of them. <laughs> so <laughs> really, only three. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Because it was that. It was. Um, I'd seen Hard Boiled. I'd seen Thirty Six Chambers Shaolin. And awesome. Maybe you. Maybe Yojimbo. But. I'm pretty sure every other movie I had seen before. Oh, this is so the podcast, awesome. So. so yeah, I just can't wait for us to see like Steven at kind of the height of his powers and resources. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to have both Yuan Wuping and Sammo Hung behind um, the cameras um, handling action direction. It's kind of an interesting story. Sammo was the original action director 
um, choreographed one sequence and then actually um, uh, was ill or had an injury and was unable to continue. And so um, <laughs> either upgrade, lateral move, whatever you want to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, so, yeah. It's kind of hard to, hard to beat with eye there, so. Yeah, yes. and I mean, not just that, but I mean, everybody in front of the camera, too. We're going to have a, a ton of fun oh, just talking wait. about all of that. Oh, yeah. Well, until next week, where we're <laughs> try to keep it under two hours for uh, Kung Fu Hustle. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. <laughs>